Meet the author of a new suspense thriller on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact checking and corrections are encouraged. This episode is brought to you by Funwise Capital. Funwise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals and connect with Fundwise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Wednesday night. And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here, as always. Suspense fillers. Hmm. Uh, Lately, it occurs to me that we are fascinated with crime. We are fascinated with creepy crime and and mysterious crime and uh, thrilling crime and scary crime, both fictional and non-fictional. Tonight, we're going to meet an author who has written a uh, suspense thriller, uh, Jas Audula. I hope I said that right. You know me with with names. <laughs> I hope I said that right. Jas Arjula is a Canadian, uh, South Asian author of suspense thriller fiction. She's passionate about creativity and personal growth, and she's an active member of the Canadian Authors Association and a professional author member of Crime Writers of Canada. Her de- uh, debut uh, suspense thriller is called Next of Twin. It's out now, and she's here. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your minds. Open your ears and help me welcome in Jess Adula. Did I get it right? You did. You nailed <laughs> it. <laughs> for me. Yeah, you know, the first time for everything. Welcome and thank you for coming. And it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank um, you for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, uh, writing has that always been uh, you, this, this, my in your intro? It says your debut suspense uh, crime thriller. Now, is this uh, your debut novel or just your debut suspense thriller? Well, it's my debut novel, debut crime crime uh, story and suspense thriller. Okay. But I've been, you know, in the past published, uh, I've been published in several anthologies, um, but more so for my poetry. And and this is, you know, my debut novel. 
Now, poetry seems a long way from suspense thriller. Uh, it, do it doesn't seem to have any connection at all. Uh, take us back to the beginning. Have you always wanted to be a uh, novelist? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to say, yeah, kind kind of. Um, so I guess I'll just back up. Um, so I, you know, I was born in uh, Punjab, Punjab, India, and my parents uh, migrated to Canada when uh, I was two. And so as a child, I loved reading. Um, in a way, you know, losing myself in books helped me escape sort of the reality of a difficult childhood. Um, but reading also sparked, you know, my passion for creative storytelling. And so when I was eight, uh, I actually wrote a short story um, that landed me a seat in, on a, um, you know, a Canadian Young Authors Writing Conference. And so essentially, um, that elementary school project, um, you know, at eight kind of became my destiny. Uh, so... So in a way, maybe Nexotoin isn't actually my first, uh, my first debut novel, um, but well, it's a novel, but you know, I, I did write that short story and funny enough, it was a, a mystery. Um, it was about two kids and a cat, a missing cat and, and how the kids saved the day. Um, but really, you know, from there, Matt, I, uh, I, you know, I went, I went to high school, studied creative writing um, throughout high school and was even accepted, um, you know, to my dream university uh, for for a journalism program. Um, but uh, I, you know, I didn't end up going there. Um, you know, in the end, my parents, uh, you know, they 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 raised uh, they raised. Um, you know, they had a tough life because they worked really hard. Um, and as immigrant. Uh, you know, immigrants to Canada, they really stress the importance of education and having, uh, you know, a career that would essentially make money. And and so I didn't end up going to journalism school, but I did, uh, you know, I did study uh, business and, um, uh, you know, through throughout university. And hence, I share my writing career with, uh, you know, a 25 year uh, professional career in the corporate environment. Um, but, you know, when I was in university and even certainly afterwards, I um, never lost the love for writing and, and, and just being able to like put words on a page and, and be creative and create something that, you know, didn't exist in the world before, um, I think was, is, is not just my passion, but it's just it, what it's what inspires me. Um, yeah. And, and so that, so I, I guess your question of, you know, did I always want to do it? Uh, you know, right? Yes, I think I did, but I probably, um, you know, have been on this, uh, on, on, on this, um, you know, journey for, for a really long time. And, and so it's just, you know, great to be able to, uh, see, you know, a dream come to fruition in this way. Good for you. And, and I'm always happy to see, uh, people doing what they want to do with their lives. And, and no matter what age it, it starts at, uh, I think too many people, you know, get to the end of their lives and say, I wish I would have uh, written that book. I wish I would have written that novel. And and so good for you. I'm glad you did it. Now, I don't know if this brings you any <laughs> comfort or not, but I did go to journalism school and I still have not published my first book yet. I'm working on it. I have two that I've been working on, one for seven years and one for about two and a half years. Wow. Uh, not able to finish either. So how do you go? from poetry to long form novel. Uh, is that, was that a difficult task? Because 
you say you you know you're quite used to sitting down with a blank page and and creating something from nothing but poetry is much different than writing a novel it it, you can basically and i'm assuming uh, i assume a lot but you can basically write a poem in a day where a novel is not such a thing is it a big transition was it a, a big difference in your mind yeah. So, so it's interesting because, you know, I, I essentially, you know, always wanted to, wanted to write a novel and I, and, you know, kind of like yourself, I, I probably started a, a couple um, in my younger days and for some reason, this one stuck and it was, um, and it wasn't, and it wasn't an easy task. Like, so, so this novel, uh, you know, I started writing it and, and you know, I'll, I'll kind of back up and kind of tell the story of how, how this began. Um, so Next to Twin actually became, began as a 10-page submission to a writing retreat that I attended um, in uh, late 2018 uh, in, in Tuscany, Italy. And so as part of that um, retreat, the uh, the retreat, uh, you know, host Vanessa, she was offering, uh, you know, ten pages to to read and critique ten pages of any project, uh, you know, you're you're working on or the attendee was working on. And so, you know, at that point, I actually hadn't written in a really long time, let alone, you know, ten pages. And yeah, like I probably scribbled a few poems here and there, um, but uh, and and so, you know, even in even that. To, to write the 10 pages, um, you know, took some effort. And, uh, you know, having a full-time career, you can appreciate that sometimes time is all, always a limitation. And so, um, and actually the reason why I had booked this retreat was I had actually been promoted at work and it wasn't, uh, you know, it was a promotion that I actually didn't think was going to happen um, for a really long time. And so when it happened, it was, you know, it was, it was really great. And so I kind of wanted to um, gift myself a, you know, something that was, that was going to be meaningful for me as well as, um, yeah. And so, you know, something that was going to, uh, be meaningful to me. And so it, that, you know, that's where I, I booked the, uh, writing retreat. And, um, and so one of the things, um, in terms of like, you know, finding time and putting, uh, you know, putting the, the task of writing into a routine. I still, um, so my commute to work, uh, before COVID, uh, used to be, you know, 50 minutes, um, on a, on a train. So 50, you know, 50 to 60 minutes, depending on, you know, if it was a good day, uh, traffic wise or not. Um, and, and so on my commute, I would open, you know, my laptop, my personal laptop and just type away. And so that's how those 10 pages, you know, started. And, uh, and, you know, about a year and a half, I, you know, even after I went on the retreat, you know, got my feedback, actually, by the time I went on the retreat, I, I actually had about 50 pages of the novel. And even that was like, wow, I have never gotten that far. Because, you know, when I started novels in the past, I would probably write like a couple of pages and write a couple of chapters. And then um, it just never kind of went anywhere. Or, you know, I lost my motivation for it. And so, so this one, um, 
you know, really kind of stuck. I really stuck with the process of committing myself to writing every single day. And a year and a half later, I had a full-fledged, you know, first draft of, of that novel. And that was like June, 2019. And, and, you know, one of the things, and I actually thought writing the novel was going to, was going to be the hard part, but then, um, you, you know, so then COVID happened. And so I ended up losing all my train time um, or my writing time as, as I called it. And, and, you know, so the editing process in a way kind of took longer um, because I was now, you know, working from home, like, like many of us um, working from home and trying to juggle full-time job and still find the motivation and, you know, the interest to continue to um, focus on, on, on the process itself. Uh, now you're talking about editing. Did you edit your own work or did you pass it off to a, a an editor? Well, I, uh, yeah, so it was a really interesting process. Uh, so once I finished that first, uh, that first draft, I actually did hire a hire an editor. Um, it was someone, you know, that a friend of mine had recommended and, uh, and, and, you know, she was great and I, you know, went through that and then, um, and, and so that was like in, in, uh, 2019, um, and and then I actually went on a on a uh, conference. It was a Writers Digest conference, and had the opportunity to pitch um, the the novel at that time. And you know, got got a lot of interest. And so when I came back, um, you know, in in September from uh, the 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 conference, I had started sending my pages out to the agents that I was able to you know make some connections. Um, how. And and so I readily um, started getting rejections on the the novel itself, and you know just various reasons. I I sometimes I sometimes actually want to go because I I've saved all my rejections. Um, maybe I'm just a glutton for uh, you know some punishment there, but it, it uh, you know and I have a, I have an email folder that has all my rejections in it. And sometimes I go back and I mean I haven't done it in a while, but sometimes I want to go back and 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 just kind of reread you know why why it was rejected. But I mean in when you're in that moment, it's just like it, it is very very dis disheartening. Um, but one <laughs> of um, yeah, very disheartening. Um, but one of the, uh, one of the agents actually gave me some really great advice. And she said, you know, you had mentioned that you had edited the novel. Um, but I think really what maybe, you know, you would benefit from is a developmental editor. And, um, and I was like, oh, oh what? And, right. and cause I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm trying to, I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning you know, the, the industry at the same time of, you know, doing this the first time. And so there's a lot, uh, I think a lot, um, a lot to learn a lot. I didn't think, um, you know, that I, I needed to learn, but I obviously did. And, um, and so I ended up hiring a developmental editor and I realized soon after that, the original editor that I hired, um, you know, she would, she would, she added value to that first, you know, to that first, um, draft. However, what, um, she had done was really copy editing and really, um, you know, for a first draft, you, you, you want a developmental editor that's going to actually, um, 
you know, look at the story from a holistic point of view and call out the flaws. And that's exactly what Andy um, had done for my manuscript. And, you know, when I, when I got it back and that was right when, um, you know, could, they had announced that they were shutting down travel and, um, and, you know, and, and offices were shutting down and everyone was working from home. And so I had just gotten, a, you know, a whole lot of feedback from, from my developmental editor and I, and yeah. And, and so it, it essentially took me almost like a year, a year and a half, probably just to get through all of the edits and rework the manuscript, really, um, you know, kind of tear, tear it down, but also build it back up. Um, and, you know, kind of plug in all my, my, or, you know, fix my story flaws. Um, and yeah. And well, I, again, I don't know if this is helpful or not, but uh, when I was a young man, I had a shoebox full of rejection letters. Uh, and I've been struggling to learn this lesson, and people keep telling me it over and over again, not to take anything personally. Uh, and I understand the, you know, why was it rejected? And you want to kind of understand their thinking about it. But it's never personal, and it's never... It's always a business decision, and, and if, if you can wrap your head around that, the publishing world is changing drastically. Uh, risk and reward for books are a big thing. So it's never a reflection. Like Sometimes it could be a reflection of uh, they don't feel the, the work is necessarily ready for publication. But even in those cases, if they thought the risk-reward of, of it was worth it, they'd probably invest in in developmental editors to help you get there. The issue with that is the publishing world has been changing. So many books are out there now, so many people writing new books, that the profit margins for traditional publishers has gone way down. The good news out of all this is self-publishing is really uh, opening up control and, and power back to the authors so you know i don't know if that's helpful or not but uh just i i remember having a shoebox full of rejection letters <laughs> i lost them along the way with several tragedies and in losing homes and to floods and stuff like that i don't know what happened to them i don't know if i'd be that interested in seeing what they had to say <laughs> anymore <laughs> Um, well, I, I, yeah, and I, I, I took every, um, you know, every rejection as an opportunity to, to learn. Um, and, you know, and it's interesting because even as authors, even when you're published, um, you're still facing rejection, right? Um, yeah, like, somebody doesn't buy your book, that's a rejection, right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, I've, I've, I've attended festivals, I've, I've done book signings in, in, it, you know, some local bookstores. And you're right, like, you know, you could sit there and pitch your book. Um, you know, every time I, I talk about my book, um, you know, I'm, I'm essentially pitching it. And yeah, and, and, you know, and most of the time it takes, but there's, there's always, you know, the, the readers that decide, yeah, you know what, this one's not for me. And, and that's fine as well. And I think just, you know, being able to have, um, you know, that, that thicker skin and, and not let it, you know, um, get to you and just kind of keeping, you, you know, I always say keeping your, um, you know, I try to keep my mind on, on the prize and, and the bigger picture and, and whatnot, because, you know, having, you know, when I'm staring, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm staring at, um, 
you know, the, the, the cover of my book. And, you know, this was something that, you know, wasn't in the world uh, a few months ago and, and it's here. And, you know, in a way, no one can take that away right. at this point. Well, good for you. Again, I, I think there's a great amount of pride in just, um, just completing uh, something that was a lifelong, you know, ambition to do. And, and congratulations on that. Now, I have not read the book, full disclosure. I promise all my authors that I will read their books. Uh, but this is like somewhere around 1500 authors I've uh, uh, interviewed right now. And I have a stack that is taller than me of books from probably the last two years that I still need to get to. Uh, so without giving away the book, because this is the biggest challenge of doing these interviews, is the authors I talk to sometimes tell the whole story. And it's like, there's no need for anybody to get the book anymore. We told the, told the whole story. But uh, twins, do you have a twin sister? I don't. I don't. And it's interesting because sometimes people think that's me on the cover. And, and, and some people have actually thought it's a memoir. And I'm like, no, it's that's not me on the cover, and it's no, not a memoir. I, just... I wasn't assuming that was you on the cover. Actually, it looks like one of the uh, pop stars, uh, modern pop stars on the cover. I, no. I can't think of a name. But uh, I always assume at the – maybe not intentionally, maybe subconsciously, maybe sometimes intentionally – that the protagonist of uh, a novel is at always at some, at some degree, to some degree – a reflection of the author's uh, best version of themselves. So that, that's why I, I had to ask if you were a twin, because, um, you know, it seems like uh, what I, my assumption, again, is that this novel is uh, a good twin and an evil twin. Yeah. Yeah. Am I yeah. correct? Well, well, so, uh, you know, Next to Twin is a suspense thriller about identical twin sisters, uh, Rhea and Anjali. And, uh, you know, the twins were born in India and separated at birth. And 30 years later, um, Anjali, you know, is a successful business owner and married to Michael, who's a wealthy lawyer. And Rhea is a skilled con artist and thief. And so, you know, when the twins uh, finally meet, it's quite evident that each twin wants what the other has. And uh, in the first of many twists, um, a week after the sisters are reunited, uh, Rhea actually wakes up in the hospital and she's mistaken to be Anjali. And with no memory of who she is, uh, she's informed by a homicide detective that Michael is dead and that she is the only suspect. And so you're probably wondering who killed Michael and where is the real Anjali? Well, you're going to have to... Okay. You know, read the book to find okay. that out. <laughs> now, people can uh, your website is scrolling across the bottom. It's just your name dot com. And uh, it's in the description. Make it clickable for people so they don't have to do too much work. Um, now, uh, crime, the good news here is that crime, true crime, fictionalized crime, all of it is the uh, most popular genre, whether it be books, movies or any of that kind of stuff. Um did you have experience with the, you know, looking, were you, a, first of all, were you a, a true crime or, or a, a fictional crime re reader, a heavy reader in the genre before you took this on? Well, interesting enough, if you ask my kids, they'll, they, 
they have vivid memory. They're they're a little bit older now. They're 24 and 19, um, but they have vivid like you know vivid memories of the the music from Law and Order, and because I would always be like, okay, it's time for bed, and and then that music, and and as soon as they heard that music, they were like, okay, it's time for bed. Come on, like you know, I'd send them to bed so I could watch my um you know my my crime my you know my crime show and and so it's a big uh law and order type of fan but also like the true the the true crime like tw- I, I think it's 48 hours um where they have the 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 true crime and i don't know it, and i i don't even know how to explain it but it was always um you know it was something that uh, you know just interests me and um and and it was interesting because sometimes um you know when we would be when i be talking with my family and we just be talking and you know I'd be like oh that'd make an interesting story for you know um you know that would make an interesting story and then somebody has to die <laughs> and, then, um, and then they're like why does everything have to turn into a murder with you I'm like I don't know if there's just something you know maybe you know there's just something that not say fascinating because I mean no fascinating is the right word (laughs) yeah uh I think as uh, for some reason uh crime fascinates us it's something that you know most people can't imagine themselves uh, I would hope can't imagine themselves actually committing a murder and that's why murder is just so interesting to us but uh it definitely is that um and so and so but did you have to do a whole lot of research it was was this process a lot of research especially not just from the crime angle but from this phenomenon of twins separated at birth that there's a major um i don't know a a phenomenon that uh, is uh, well documented within uh psychiatry and psychology where uh twins separated at birth lead very similar lives and there's all that kind of stuff did you have to do a whole lot of research for both the criminal aspect of this and the twin aspect of this well uh definitely for for the you know for the crime aspect of it um and you know interesting enough nexa twin was actually um it actually um i had actually read an article about twins um getting away with murder um because of their shared near uh, you know, identical DNA. And the article was about, um, you know, the progress that they've made in, in DNA testing. And so I kind of wanted to explore that, that thing, because it's just that, that, that aspect of, um, you know, twins getting away with murder, um, because of, um, you know, because they share DNA. And, um, and, and so, that kind of, in a way, kind of was what, you know, sparked the idea. And I, interesting enough, only knew um, one twin when I started writing this, writing this book. And I don't know if it's, you know, the, 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 the laws of attraction and whatnot, but I have, I, I, I probably know more twins now than I did when I first started writing this book. I only had, um, you know, knew one, one pair of twins, but, um, and, and it's funny because a lot of them are, are, you know, at, at work. And, and when, um, you know, my work colleagues are like, oh, you wrote a book. Hey, look, hey, I'm a twin. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really inter- interesting, um, 
but definitely because, you know, I don't, I, I mean, certainly I had siblings growing up. And so, uh, you know, kind of knew, knew, you know, how siblings treat each other and, and, and whatnot, but, uh, did, did do a lot of research in terms of like, um, you know, the, 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 the crime aspect of it. Um, and, and Hey, I, you know, I'm not a, um, a crime specialist. Uh, so I'm sure, you know, there's, there's parts that I got wrong, but, that's, I guess, you know, the, the beauty of writing um, in terms of, you know, also being able to creatively use your mind as well um, within the story. Um, yeah. yeah. So there is a psychological uh, term to, uh, to describe what you talk about, because you, once you be, get an awareness for something, it's like, and I don't remember the term for it, but it's like when you go and you see a car in a new, in a showroom that you might be interested in, then all of a sudden you're on the road and you're seeing that car everywhere. Yeah. Like you had never noticed it before. It becomes part of your awareness. I think that probably uh, plays a big part into your awareness of twins being all around you. But yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting stuff. Now, character development, uh, you know, because these are the twins are not the only characters in your book. Obviously, you can't just have two people in a book. Um, character development. Um, did did you you know study character development? Do you, were you meticulous in uh, writing out character profiles and personality profiles for each character in the book? Each of the at least the most. Uh, prominent characters in the book what what is your process as far as uh character development yeah uh so i'll be honest uh because i wrote i wrote you know 90 percent of this this book on 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 my train commute uh i kind of just knew generally about um you know my my twins and uh and maybe you know, a couple of the other characters. And there's some characters that just as I was writing in, in a way, it was like, as I was writing and my fingers were, you know, typing on, on the laptop, the story was coming to me. And, and so that, and I also think that that's probably why, you know, the first draft and the editing process probably took a little bit longer because, and there were probably, you know, uh, a few flaws and holes in there um, and, and whatnot. And, I, you know, there, there were times where, where, you know, a, a new character would just literally pop in and, you know, someone opens the door, <laughs> like one of my character opens the door, turns around, someone calls, you know, um, their name and they turn around and, and then there's this new character right there. And, and so in a way, uh, you know, myself as, as the, as the author was, was, kind of discovering the story as I went uh, as I went along and then you know throughout the editing process that's where you know I took the opportunity to really um, dig a little bit deeper really get um, in, invested within um, you know the minds of uh, you know Rhea and Angeli and really in a way um, kind of um, make their voices a little bit more distinct um, because I think one of the th one of the things I probably struggled with is even though um, you know as I was writing and the, the chapters are alternating between the two uh, twins points points of view, um, it, it sometimes 
I actually forgot which character <laughs> I was, you know, I was writing from. So I did have to go back and really be really meticulous in terms of um, being able to separate out the points of views and and really just kind of like, you know, tweak and hone in on some of the qualities that, you know, I maybe wasn't necessarily thinking about and kind of just, you know, just naturally came out and just really kind of um, be able to like pinpoint those and, and, and in a way enhance them and make them a little bit stronger. So that's right. kind of how I developed um, my, my characters. Fa it's fascinating. I, I'm, I'm uh, particularly fa fascinated with creative process, no matter what we're talking about. I talked to a lot of comedians and musicians on my morning show, also filmmakers, some authors on the morning show, but again, 1500 authors on the evening program now. And all, everybody's uh, creative process is a little bit different. I'm sure now that you're in writers groups and, and, and talking to other writers, you've heard the terms pantsers and plotters and that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're a, you're a pantser. Uh, that's what they would call you. But I'm fascinated uh, about, by that process. And I'm, and I'm not uh, uh, assuming that you've given this a lot of deep thought, but if you've given it any thought, um, where does that come from in your in your mind? Where the, the flow where um, you're not really having to consciously plot things out that you're just free enough is it channeling? <laughs> you, you know what? I actually think it is. Um, there was a, there was a time like so when I so I had gone on the the Italy retreat and then I came when I came back I was actually overwhelmed because you know I went on the retreat and yeah great I had fifty pages but it was but I was like it took me like ten months to write those fifty pages on the train writing every day and how am I gonna like how am I going to realistically finish this novel? And so, um, and and that's a beauty of like you know when when you're talking to like-minded people, when you're talking to um, other authors, and you're kind of hearing their process, and and you know you're you're just networking. Um, and I I think you know just networking in any industry that you're in is really important because you learn things that you know maybe you know you can read an article, but I I find sometimes just being able to to, um, you know, organically pick up things and pick up tips um, is is really, you know, has been powerful for me. And that's, uh, again, you know, I, I always say it's the universe serving that to me. Um, but one of my, you know, my writing, uh, my writing friends uh, contacts that um, was on the Italy trip, we had actually started up a, a like a, you know, WhatsApp group. And one of them had said, hey, who's doing NaNoWriMo? Um, this month. And, you know, I didn't want to admit that I knew I knew nothing about NaNoWriMo. Um, but, you know, NaNoWriMo, for those who don't know, is National Novel Writing Month, um, happens every year in the month of November. And so it's basically a writing challenge where, um, you know, we, we um, promote writing and we, uh, you know, we support each other in and encourage each other. Um, and so I ended up, uh, th and that's actually how I made uh, progress, uh, you know, with, uh, with, with the novel, because I, and, and it's funny, because when I first read the challenge, I was like, okay, let me educate myself and, and actually find out what this NaNoWriMo is. I don't want to admit that I don't know what it is. And, and when I first <laughs> read it, 
it was like 50,000 words in one month. Like, and I completely shut down the idea. I was like, yeah, it, it, it's not happening. I can't do it. And, but you know, when you get them, you get an idea in your mind and it just, you know, it just keeps and percolates and it keeps bugging you. And so it kept bugging me and I kept asking myself, well, why not? Why, you know, why, why do I feel like I can't, I I can't write, you know, 50,000 words. Um, And, and, and so, you know, just asking that why not kind of, you know, helped me be like, okay, well, you know what, you're riding on the train. So, so what, you're going to get up a, a little bit earlier. And so I actually started getting up um, during the month of November in, uh, you know, in 2018, I would get up at four o'clock, I would write whether I felt like it or not. And I would just write, um, I'd probably write for about an, an hour, and then I'd take a shower, and then I'd get on the train. And then I would do my other, you know, my other stint to writing, um, when I'd come home, um, on the, tr- on, on the, you know, the commute home, uh, I, I had to actually leave work on time so I could actually get a seat on the train. So, and, and so I could write and, uh, you know, and I kept that routine for a whole month and, uh, I really made a lot of, pro- a lot of progress. And I think one of the things that I realized that was maybe, um, you know, hindering my progress previously was that I was actually writing and then I would, you know, spend some time editing and, 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 you know, that process kind of actually slowed down the, the, the creative thinking and, and the, you know, the channeling as, as you, as you tagged it. Um, and, um, but when I, when I said, you know what, I'm going to just write and just type and not really read what's happening and just write the story as it's coming. Um, it, it really just made the, you know, the process a lot easier. Um, and, and it actually, um, it actually, uh, I forget what that word is, but it, it actually invigorated me. Like it actually like, you know, really gave me energy. So by the time I got into the office, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like, you know, I've just, you know, uh, and it, it was, it was actually, uh, it's kind of, it was kind of like a high, right. You know, it's like you come and you're inspired and, 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 you know, and, and there'd be days where it's like, oh, I, I just wrote a thousand words and, you know, I, I feel accomplished already. And it's only like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. The uh, feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Great. Good for you. Uh, talking about getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I get up every morning at four o'clock in the morning just to pee. Uh, but, uh, but I, I say that it, it kind of like, uh, just to kind of be a little bit light, uh, hearted here, but I do get up every morning at 4 AM. There's no way I'm functioning. You could pour like uh, two pots of coffee in me. There's no way I'm going to do anything anywhere near, uh, productive at that time of the morning i feel it every morning so you know different personalities and good for you i'm glad you're able to do that but uh man that takes some some discipline that i will never have Uh, and i i I admire people who can do it but even my my morning show starts at nine o'clock every morning and i dread it at 8 30 i'm just like i'm not ready for this it's too early (laughs) good for you um but on the uh, the question that I asked about, about the channeling stuff, that I think some of the greatest art, and again, I study this stuff a lot because I'm fascinated by all sorts of creative people. And I think some of the greatest art comes to people that way. I think sometimes when we, 
uh, and not to say uh, uh, panthers are better than plotters, but I think sometimes if we think things out too much, we do get in the way of of creative license and really creative ideas because you you kind of you you're too critical of yourself in that in that respect. But uh, you talk about the process becoming more enjoyable as you you know created this. Um, feeling of, wow, I got a thousand words written and it's eight o'clock in the morning and I feel accomplishment. Billy Joel was talking about his songs and he said he doesn't like songwriting. He likes the, he loves the feeling of accomplishment that he wrote the songs. He likes that the songs are finished and that they were well received, but he doesn't like songwriting at all. In fact, he stopped doing it because he dreads it. Was this an enjoyable process for you and do you see yourself continuing to write more novels? Uh, yeah. So it it was a, it was a, and it had its moments, right? I don't I don't want to be like, yeah, I would. It, it, it had, I love every step. Yeah. No, it's it it had its ups and downs, and you know, um, we as sometimes as you know, I kind of I do, I don't like to in my mind dwell on you know the low points, but there were low points. There were there were times where, you know, I definitely was like, why am I doing this? There were many times where I was like, why am I doing this? And you know, and and you know, I'd have friends and family be like, well, because you know, you wanted to, you, you this was your dream, and and you know, when I was getting those rejections, it's like oh, maybe I'm not good, right? And like, why is this so hard? Wow. And you know, and 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 so sometimes, and and it's interesting because sometimes I do forget about those low moments, um, and you know, I I it's almost like having a running joke in the household. Um, I I. I was on a high at one point. I'm like, well, I'm a published author. Like, what are you? <laughs> like, what have you done? I'd say that to my partner. He didn't always, uh, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a joke, but um, I was felt like, you know, yeah. And so, so definitely like, I mean, I would like to write more, um, you know, and to, to your, um, in a way to your, um, your comment about Billy Joel and not liking, um, you know, the, 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 the the songwriting process there were there were times where I was like whoa like this process um because writing next to twin um was like you know from beginning to end from the time that I first put that first word um on the page to the the moment that you know the book was out there in the world and you know a, a, you know uh, available to be purchased it was like five it was like five more than five years five you know, five years, five months, 16 days. And, um, and, you know, there's other ways uh, that I, in a way, kept um, that that inspiration alive, because just the, writing the book was a very, very long process. And so I actually rediscovered, um, or, you know, was able to hone in on my love for, for poetry by opening, uh, you know, my Twitter account. And I actually didn't, ha I have Twitter before like 2021. And, and I had actually opened my Twitter account originally to, um, to start you know, promoting my my novel, which actually hadn't even, uh, you know, been picked up by a publisher yet. However, I, you know, was like, well, it's going to happen eventually. And so, you know, I'm just getting my author account ready and going to get some followers. But then um, at some point I was like, well, I don't even know what, what do I post about? And then I actually fell into the world of 
prompts. And so, you know, Twitter has huge, uh, you know, poetry community where, you know, you get a prompt word of the day and it's just fascinating, um, you know, what can be created from that, just that one prompt and everyone using the same prompt, but um, but just like the differences in obviously in point of view and, and experiences and how, um, you know, everyone's poetry is, is significantly like different and, and, you know, beauty, beautiful in its, in its own right. And, and, and so, you know, two, two years later, and it's funny because I got this um, notice on my Twitter account, like, uh, I think last week, and it was like, congratulations, you've been on Twitter for two, two years. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize where, uh, you know, <laughs> where that two years went. And, um, but it was interesting because it's so easy um, to to for for me, right? It was just it it almost also then kind of replaced that high because during during obviously uh, COVID we were traveling, and in a way it replaced that 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 high that I was getting when I was riding on the train and being able to create, um, and and so you know, writing poetry every day. I've got, you know, two years worth of, of poems um, on on Twitter. And I always say to myself, I'm going to have to eventually like, you know, pull all that stuff off and put it in a book or something. But there's always sometimes never enough time. And in a way, I, I kind of feel like, well, you know, it's so easy to to feel accomplished. And because, you know, I've, I've you know, written and published um, in a way like, you know, um, on um on twitter and uh yeah <laughs> yeah focus is a difficult thing for me and uh, about like when you're in the process of, i have now i've been working on a uh recording a production of a piece of music that i wrote but when i i i get to the point where i'm just tired of this it's, it's becoming disinteresting to me it's becoming work I find myself, you know, drifting off to find other things to work on as a distraction. So I can, and then eventually come back and be more interested in the original piece that I was working on. It sounds like what you were going through. Not everybody can do that to have, you know, be working on a book and then be working on and write some poems and stuff on this uh, as a, a distraction from that to keep your your writing muscles uh, active and and improving but not necessarily on the thing you should be focused on. Uh, was that difficult for you, switching gears back and forth, or did that make it easier for you? I, I actually kind of felt like it made it easier, especially because the the story had already been written and now I was editing, right? And, and so just being able to have a word and use a word and then be able to um, really explore the meaning of a word in a way, help me instill a little bit more poetic, um, you know, dialogue in into uh, not just dialogue, but like you know, prose in into the book as as well. Because um, I think just in terms of like me writing on the train, I felt like like a lot of. The, the you know the the writing I would because I was traveling at a high speed I was writing at a high speed as well and so the story was really moving moving along and so being able to really tune into words and 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 you know poetry um, kind of opened that muscle to be able to slow down the story as well and and you know you know just be able to slow it down and um, 
be able to really get into um, the the character's um, point of view and put a little bit of emotion and feeling into it as well. Not that it was lacking some, but it just be able to like, you know, tweak it and enhance it. Um, in the com- comedy so. world, they call that punching it up. Yeah, punching it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of comedy world, uh, and this uh, it relates to what we were just talking about. Uh, comedian I, I follow on Twitter, uh, I think it was this morning said he just saw the first draft of his first edit of his uh, new special. And he can't wait to share it with you all. And I, that's something I've battled my whole life is um, wanting to share uh, something before it's ready. Yeah. Uh, did you have anybody who in your life that you were showing you the work to as in progress and, and that this could have both positive and negative effects. You know, you, you don't want to, you don't want somebody's critique or impressions to uh, change the way you approach your art, but sometimes it, it we're compelled to, you know, I, I just want to get some feedback on it. Did you have anybody in your life that, that, that filled that role? And if so, uh, who was it? Uh, uh, somebody, a family member or a friend or, <laughs> Definitely not family. Uh, not well, it's, family. it's interesting because my family still has not read the book and they all have copies and they all have signed copies of the book and they still have not read it, but that's okay. I, you know, learned to get over that. But um, one of, um, and, you know, one of the things I, I found really um, great. So, so I'm part of the Canadian Writers Association and the Crime Writers um, Association. But um, with the Canadian Writers, we used to we used to have like we used to meet on a monthly basis, and you know we'd have a writing circle. And there was just four of us, um, but just meeting on a monthly basis and then sharing, um, you know, our writing. And so I was always sharing uh, next to Twin and the chapters, and I actually found it really helpful. Uh, to be able to, you know, share that, get feedback, get reactions. And in, in a lot of essence, um, you know, I, I feel like my, my work was um, better for it. And um, yeah, and so just being able to share it that way um, was really great. And then, and, and then the other um, thing was I, um, so during COVID, I had actually, um, you know, needed my, I needed to get that motivation, um, and, and really get through the, all the feedback that Andy had given me. And so I'd asked one of my, um, friends at, you know, one of my colleagues at work and we've become really good friends over the COVID, um, year. And we actually took voiceover acting classes together. And so we would, before COVID, we'd always like, you know, find an activity to do on a consistent basis. And, and so we, we had planned to do um, the voiceover acting classes and, and then COVID happened. And so they, they turned the, the program into a, a virtual one. And so we still attended um, and, you know, was with like 12 or 13 other people and it was really great. And so then after when that, cl- when that program um, was done, it was like, you know, three or four months after um, my friend Christine I'd actually said to her, you know, and I had learned that she was part of like uh, book clubs and, and so a, a really an avid reader. And I said, Hey, you know, um, I'd really like your thoughts on, you know, if you, would you be interested in reading uh, this, you know, my, my novel, <laughs> and I just got all this feedback, um, would just 
you know, kind of, you know, if you, if you have the time. And so she, she read it and, and she was a super reader. I think uh, she also, you know, likes the audio version. And so I think her, her word processor would, you know, re read it to her. Um, and, and she went through it and she, and she loved it, but, um, but I was like, okay, well now you have, if you loved it, now you have to help me fix all, all of these, um, the, you know, the, this feedback that Andy had, has given us, um, or have, has given me. And so we'd actually started, um, and so during COVID, um, Zoom also, uh, you know, like it had no limits. And so you could spend like, like three, four hours on, on Zoom and, and not have it shut you down. Um, not, not now because now it's like 40 minutes and, and you're done. Right. Um, but during, during that time, um, there were like so many Saturdays and even Sundays where me and Christine, uh, we would, you know, in a way be practicing our voiceover, um, acting abilities. Um, and so she would read a chapter and then it, it actually allowed me, um, to be able to hear, uh, you know, the characters and the voices, uh, come alive as well. And, and so just having that ability to hear, uh, you know, words and, and, and so, you know, we, and, and then we talk about things and we'd Google things. We're like, okay, um, you know, Christine would be like, okay, what did Andy say, you know, about this part? And I'd be like, okay, this was a feedback. And so we're like, okay, we got to make it more realistic or, you know, this, this, is not resonating. And so we would just like brainstorm. And, and so a lot of it was just Christine saying, okay, uh, you know, sharing her thoughts. And then I would go away, you know, I'd go away over the week and then I would rewrite and then I would, you know, read, read it back to her and it should be like, yeah. And so, so the, it, you know, we, we probably did that for a good, like solid six months and really, and I think that really, really helped me get through like that, the, you know, what I think, um, you know, could have been a very lonely process. And maybe I think that sometimes where authors maybe lose track or, or, or just don't get to end a job because it, it, it writing in a way is a very solo sort of career. Oh, yeah. And to be able to, um, you know, share that with somebody, it, it actually makes it, uh, I, I felt a lot, a lot more easier and to just have that support of, you know, my, my friend who really just, you know, and it's interesting because pretty much all of the, you know, book signing events, um, or the, you know, my, my, I'm going to say like, you know, my, um, appearances in the local bookstores, Christine's always been, always been there. So, and it's, you know, I, I joke because I'm like, okay, I probably have to start sharing my royalties with you uh, <laughs> and to pay you for all that time. And, you know, but it's, it's, uh, you know, and it's something it's interesting because she's actually put it on her resume um, completely, you know, outside, <laughs> outside of what she does on a normal basis, but she's put it on her resume that she's, you know, supported and, um, and, uh, you know, helped an author through, through that, that process. Um, so, yeah. So I'm, um, I'm very grateful for, for that support. Yeah, it's it's so good to have a relationship with somebody you can trust like this. Now, um, I think you just answered one of my next questions for you, but uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, just um, <clears throat> the idea of, um, you know, uh, being able to share that. Now, I don't know if you know this. You talked about being part of a voiceover and actors thing, so maybe you do know this. but. Uh, Authorship is a unique creative uh, creative outlet in that 
authors are the least backbiting, uh, least backstabbing uh, group of competitive people. They're generally very supportive. You don't get that in musicians. You don't get it in comedians. You don't get it in actors and filmmakers. They're generally uh, not all. They can talk supportive, you know, talk a good game with supportive. But in the end, they want to do away with all their competition. <laughs> and I have a really uh, competitive attitude. So authorship is is great in that. The question I think you answered for me it was about audiobooks. Now there is an audiobook out to this. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, not uh, yet. So I had not yet. Uh, so I had actually started. Um, we had actually started recording and, and then I had to actually had to put it on pause. Um, I was having, I was having, you know, voice issues. Um, and then actually when the book, uh, originally launched in May, um, my, myself and my partner kind of made that conscious decision to kind of put the audio just, you know, just to put a pause on it so we could concentrate on, on the book launch and, uh, you know, the various book signing dates that we had and, and we definitely, you know, want to pick it up. Um, but you know, sometimes that's a challenge, Matt, is like when you, when you say, okay, I'm going to put pause on this and I'm going to you know, pick it up uh, when things, you know, slow down here. Uh, I'm still kind of waiting for things to slow down. Not that I want to slow down because I really want to, you know, I, I kind of feel like, well, th this is why I, you know, I, I wanted, I, you know, I wrote, wrote this book and I want to experience all the, the wonderful things that come with it. And I don't want to kind of rush through it, but I, I definitely want to get back into, um, you know, the studio and, and finish recording, um, you know, the auto book, audio book and yeah, and be able to share it, share it as well. Yeah. Um, format wise, is it narrative? In other words, are you just reading the book or are you acting it out like a play? <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I consume a lot of books, uh, you know, in, in the suspense thriller genre as well. And, uh, you know, over the last uh, five years, as I was writing this as well, um, but I've consumed a lot through, you know, the, uh, the audio, um, you know, the, uh, the, the audio, audible um, app. And yeah, I don't know, like, I, I feel like I do, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of a mixture of both. I mean, you know, I do have um, characters that have um, accents and I can't, I am terrible even during voiceover cl classes. I, I'd say I can't, I can't do, I can't do accents. And so, you know, some of them, you don't, you don't do a Canadian accent very well. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, before you said about, and generally when Canadians say about it's the uh, telltale uh, giveaway, but you, you sounded fairly American when you oh, said, that. okay, I don't know. I don't know that that's a good thing. It's just, it's, uh, cause I, I have lately, I've had a lot of Canadians on and uh, yeah. every time they get to about, it's like a boot. A boot. Oh, oh wow. I don't think a I've boot. ever, <laughs> I've never a said boot. a boot. Yeah. A boot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's just funny. Uh, oh. but you know, that, Reading it in that kind of, uh, and when you have to do the characters and stuff, that complicates uh, the production stuff of it a lot more rather than yeah. just the straight, re straight reading of the words. I enjoy that a lot more. And I think, and the reason I asked about the audiobook is because, unfortunately, and this is a really sad uh, thing that uh, 
reading has become too much. Nobody has the time to sit and read a book anymore. And mm-hmm. I, I, that's the excuse anyway. I think we do have time. Uh, if we have time to sit in front of a television and let your brains melt, you actually have time to read books. But people, you know, will make that excuse. And it's just so much more convenient, especially commuting. And you can put your headphones on and just absorb the books that way. So, you know, we are seeing less books according of course, there's more authors out and more books now than ever before. So that uh, affects the business as well. But um, audiobooks are far more popular right now than written books. And I'm, I, I feel sad about that. But it's a, yeah. it's a, a, bus- a absolute necessity in, in the business world today. If you're going to make it, pay for the time you've invested. And I, I think that there's nothing. <laughs> I mean, people uh you know sometimes get the wrong idea especially artists about compensation but you put a lot of work in this you you deserve to get paid for for the work you put into it and i think audiobooks are a necessity when it comes to that so i hope you finish that and i hope uh no i hope people will read it too but i I, i'm sure that that will be unfortunately again i think that will be far more successful than the print version because uh you know i hope the print version is successful as well yeah yeah. no thank you thank you for that yeah and i mean you know it's in a way it's it's catering to your audience right and i mean i certainly feel that you know there are still um individuals that will you know um pick up the book and read it and then some you know like to read it read it through you know an ipad or you know the e-version of it and then then certainly there's um you know there's the ones that only listen to audiobooks so as much as i can you know diversify and get it out in different modes um because you know it's very it, it's been very important for me to you know just ensure that the book's ex- accessible in its different formats um is is really you know sort of the end goals and and you know no matter how you uh, read the read, you know, Nexa Twin, I I would just encourage you to read it. <laughs> right. Any um, and I will let you go after this, but because uh, we are over time. But um, any interest or uh, desire <clears throat> to adapt it to a screenplay? I know in in the states right now we have a uh, writer strike, and it's even a taboo to even talk about writing screenplays. But any desire or uh, interest in adapting it to a screenplay? I, absolutely. I will, I will, I won't say no, and it's not a possibility, but I, you know, I've gotten a lot of, uh, I will say a lot of feedback from, um, you know, individuals who have read the book that it's very adaptable and they can see it being, you know, either made into a, you know, a movie or into a into a show into a a streaming show but yeah it is the genre that people are most interested in absolutely yeah Yeah. you know it is quite any uh suspense thriller crime novel any of that kind of stuff is going to be what film producers are interested in right now which is why i asked so uh listen i i do uh wish you great successes i promise i will read the book hopefully your family will get to it before i do because it's going <laughs> it's going to go on top of this stack that is uh, w- literally no exaggeration taller than me 
and I'm six <laughs> foot tall. So that's a stack of, of books I have to get to. Uh, but I will read it eventually <laughs> yeah, when I get Well, you know, I've been told, I have been told, Matt, that as, like, you know, from, from individuals who have read it, that once they started reading, they just couldn't put it down and they just had to see it, see it, like see it through and, and, and finish it. So it's definitely an engaging read. Um, so if you do, if I promise, if you start it, you, you probably will end up finishing it. <laughs> All right. Well, great. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you uh, sharing this with us. Hope uh, my audience follows you. Again, your website is scrolling across the bottom and the link is in the description to make it easy for people. Uh, anything, any book signings coming up that you want to let people know about or, or no, nothing on the calendar? Well, um, for, you know, if if your audience is on uh, Instagram, so the Canadian um, the Canadian Book Club Awards, uh, so Nexa Twin is, is up for, uh, is a contender in that contest and, or you know, in those awards, and they're actually giving, um, I'm giving a uh, signed copy away um, from July 26th to uh, July 31st. Uh, so if you are on Instagram and you um, just, you know, look for me by my handle, by Jazz Ajla, B-Y-J-A. A-S-A-U-J-L-A, um, and and you can probably uh, see, uh, you know, more more details on, on Instagram to enter that contest. Great. Well, thank you for being here. I hope people follow up on that, and I wish you great success. And uh, yeah. uh, do, do plan on coming back when you release your next work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having great, me. My, my pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Thanks. and bye for now. Josh Adula, uh, folks, uh, good stuff there. I hope you will check out the book. Tomorrow morning on Coffee with the Dog, comedian Ben Frank will be with me in the 10-15 slot. I don't have a guest for the 9-15 slot, so it's going to be a lot of me ranting, maybe playing some music and um, talking about um, what's going on in the music industry. I think I want to talk about that. Hope you'll join me then. I uh, hope you enjoyed this program. Love to know what you have thought about it. Uh, info at mindoftv.com. Support mindoftv.com. I'm to take the banner out of here while I get prepared. Tell so you thanks for coming. Have a wonderful night. And don't forget to turn on your radio.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.